0: Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders, while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order.
1: Additional terms apply.
0: Thanks for joining us for Take Two. This is episode five. I feel like a lot has happened in this week. We have a lot to get through in this time. So uh, thanks for joining us. Greg Hughes, Jim Debacis, if you're just joining us for the first time. Thanks for being with us. We are in, I guess, the final stretch of the legislative session. That's we right. only have till March 14th, so. Hallelujah. Yeah. <laughs> a lot has to get accomplished <laughs> and yeah. not including a tax bill that's, I think, 257 or 75 pages a lot. I haven't personally read the whole Wouldn't thing.
2: Wouldn't it be great if the legislature met every five years for three days?
0: For three days? I, I think mean, they'd get so much less damage
2: would happen. Right? Okay, yeah. so talk
0: about the damage we're going to get done today. We want to talk about the tax ban. Uh, Governor Herbert actually okay with stronger beer. We're going to talk about the BYU police force, which I feel like we need to say in air quotes right now because they may not be police for much longer. The Inland Port tax bill and then some controversy on the Hill after a little story about charter schools. So that is all coming up. We want to start with the text ban. This has been brought up for three different years. I'll start with you. Uh, Jim, why is this not passing? 76% of people in a Hinckley Institute poll say, let's get rid of phones and driving. Why?
2: Our sanctimonious legislature.
0: You used to be one of them.
2: Thank uh, you, Heidi, uh, for right. pointing out that salient point.
0: <laughs> okay, good. <laughs>
2: oh, You should have heard them on the 0.5% DUI. That means one glass of wine for a petite woman, and she's getting locked up for DUI. We brought up experts that said texting makes you 10 times more dangerous than being at zero percent. 5 DUI and the legislature said "We're well, all about safety and then they went and I passed all that I've never heard that tone like so that it now was very there's huge never like that. shaking yes. like that now texting which really is dangerous well people have to have freedom blah 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 It is dangerous. It's terrible. People are dying. We gotta stop playing games. You you don't have the freedom, yes, all the time. (laughs) (laughs) And I and I would like a horrible fine. I mean what if I what if I do something terrible and I don't die but somebody else does. So we need
0: someone to be the parent and tell us no.
2: Exactly. So you
0: would have voted for it. I would have voted for it. Did you vote for it the last couple of years when it was up?
2: I can't remember. Oh, my so, God! So many votes. Oh, You're so I just so that. Bob, that was a weave. That was a Bob weave. A yeah, I'm, sure,
0: I'm sure I, I gonna did. i going to go check but your but record. I, I can't that. believe I did it before I come up here. Kay. Kay. Greg, why is this dying? I heard that maybe it was too stiff a fine. It was $750, maybe more jail time than a DUI. Is that why? Or uh, we here, there, well Well,
1: there were two debates. going. On. This is behind the curtain stuff. You, you'll, you'll only hear here.
0: Take here. us behind the curtains, Greg. So,
1: so there is a distracted uh, driving citation that you can already be charged with if you are texting and it is doing as jim just described making you a dangerous driver you that is already but it's not uh, a primary offense uh no i think if you are swerving and you are and you are distracted and the officer believes that you are they can pull you over for distracted driving i but i will tell you that there was another debate going on about uh, around the same time on a different bill about financial literacy and there was some reference to socialism versus a free market. And there began this robust argument uh to uh make sure that so, you know, disparaging socialism was not somehow in this bill. And I think it was an what did irony socialism I know. have to
0: do with this.
1: I think that there was an irony with that debate that many were surprised they were even having about socialism. And then the next bill, poor Carol Spackman Moss, being a bill that would uh feel like a nanny state or feel like it was uh, more heavy-handed beyond distracted driving that it was going to uh, And that bill, by the way, has exceptions. Like, you can look at your phone for the map, if it's the Google map. There's exceptions to it, too, that make the enforcement of or the likelihood to be pulled over when you're not violating it higher. And so I think that there was a theme going on that day uh, about whether, you know, the heavy-handedness of government versus not and where its role should be. And I think that one debate kind of blended in the mindset. Of the other, you know, I'm telling you, that's you're not going to read that, that in the paper. Or. But I'm telling you, okay, that's what was going on.
0: For or against it, if you were there,
1: I would, I'd vote against it. In that we have statutes on the books right now to guard and to enforce against distracted
2: driving. Just one more thing, just not, one this more. Isn't, this isn't going back on, on grade yet, but the legislature's hypocrisy. They are for free enterprise. They are for economic opportunity. They hate socialism. And yet, we, ha- when it comes to alcohol, they are ballistic. We have a completely socialist state-run alcohol. I voted against that. And there that it way. is. They, it's totally alcohol. inconsistent. No,
0: they're not completely ballistic because the governor in his uh, monthly address, he actually said that he wants to reflect the market right now and he's not worried about an uptick of DUI's if we go from 3.2 to 4.8 beer. so there's obviously room for stronger beer here in Utah do you support the governor I'm assuming in this? Do you
1: love, and do you
2: love okay, the governor? All
0: of a sudden he's like no we should have no beer. <laughs> I life. don't know
2: if the governor maybe he was at 0.5 when he when, maybe he was buzzed when he made that decision I don't think he was. but probably not. Look this is a classic republican clash of values <laughs> you had alcohol and the horror of it but then you had all of the people from the retail lobby who give them so much money and it was morality against cash and morality. in this case guess who won the cash one and all of those lobbyists and and we're going to have um we're going to have continue to have beer and convenience stores and in retail and and grocery stores i might give you
0: an oscar for that performance Uh, i know it's very he he is an actor we're going to talk more about that in a minute but uh are you supportive of this move a lot of people like some family values groups are not super excited about this yeah
1: i think that bill's gonna have a lot of difficulty getting through in the house i think there's a there's a argument that uh, look as fewer states have this 3.2 alcohol content that, that the major beer manufacturers will stop making it, which would have this detrimental impact on convenience stores, supermarkets, those who sell it. Uh, There's another side of that saying, well, they still are making it. We haven't hit that moment yet. If we have a situation like that, we can deal with it when it comes. And uh, and increasing the alcohol content at the same time we've lowered the DUI uh, level to 0.05 is an irony that I think many lawmakers are still grappling with and that it's not uh, carrying the day necessarily. I think it's got a, a tough, uh, road in front of it. So, it's inside not done the house. Yet. so I don't think it is. And I look, I have absolutely no opposition to 3.2. If, if, if there's, if, I, I'm not lying awake at night about the content. However, okay. uh, I said this last year when I was speaker and this issue came up until the very scenarios they're describing are the case. Mm-hmm. And you're seeing that there's no longer this, uh, product being available. Yep. I don't think you're going to see the, see this bill pass.
0: And we should know the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints that does have some influence on the Hill is against this bill. So we'll see what happens there.
2: Everybody will head out to the liquor store and get that 11% beer so they're not contaminated with that new 4.8% beer. Now, now there's people a good go idea. get beer at the
0: grocery store because they get it last minute. Not everyone goes, to, the, but okay. All right, next topic here. We have to talk about BYU. We talked about this last week. It was serious. The legislature was talking about the possibility of trying to change a few things to make sure that BYU was complying with actually being a police department, not just acting like one. Then this week, a surprise move to many of us from the Department of Public Safety here, the state, saying, we're revoking your ability to be police officers. Did this surprise you, Greg?
1: You know what? I the waters parted in our last episode, and we actually opened the doors. Agreed, we agreed on this, and I think the premise was, if you want to be a post-certified public police uh, law enforcement agency, you comply with the laws pertaining to a, 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 a public law enforcement agency. Yeah. If you want to be private, uh, much like in my my example last week, was if you're a casino, hotel casino in Vegas and you want to be private, you have security that reflects. The private nature, or the independent nature of a property. Uh, so we said that we thought that, you know, if it quacks like a duck and walks like yeah. a duck, it's a duck. And they were not acting like a public entity. Well, the, the news that came out saying that they were going to be decertified as, a, as post-certified or being public, uh, it was a surprise to me, but it makes sense. It makes absolute sense that you've got to pick which path you'd like to be and then act accordingly yeah so I was I was happy to see it actually
0: yeah and it's been a little bit disturbing as um, a news organization when we can't get information from them but Jim we learned this week that there was an actual BYU officer who was going into Provo police files off of the campus to try to find honor code violations to turn people in is that just the straw that breaks the camel's back for you uh,
2: give me a break no by before that. any measure except perhaps Utah County that is (laughs) repulsive to the nature of police you cannot use a statewide police force database to find out if people are drinking coffee or sneaking alcohol one way or another you know what byu has to decide they're going to be state certified and have to live up to our state standards or they can become mall cops and then their power is when they're on their campus and that's it but they cannot that's a line that can't be crossed
0: alright very good just for the record you graduated from BYU right
2: I went to BYU
0: you went to BYU but didn't actually graduate I didn't actually
2: graduate okay
0: good <laughs> they kicked you out at some point you're Greg right. where did you graduate from I so feel like we should I went, let everyone I went to, know I went,
1: to, I went to Utah Valley uh, it's now University State College and then I transferred to BYU I attended but I didn't graduate from. BYU. okay
0: so you're both Utah County kids alright yeah let's um, talk about the inland port right now which is a big topic and a big monster to discuss. A lot of people don't even understand it, but right now there's a bill in the legislature that would do a couple things. One of them concerns me is that it would make sure that Salt Lake City could never sue as I understand it, which is a little disturbing to me when you take away all rights to sue. It would also make a hub and spoke, which you guys can maybe explain why this is good or bad. Let's start with you this time, Jim. Um,
2: Look, the, the hub and spoke one of the big problems with the Inland Port is they refuse to say we will never take coal and bring it up through our city and even with canvas over it or whatever, we don't want coal here ever, ever, ever. And they, they, they wouldn't put it in the law. It still exists as a possibility. It sounds stupid that you would take coal in eastern Utah and bring it here, but who knows? The legislature, they do things sometimes. so. Um, that worries me. I do like, and I think the part of the bill that is good, it allows this hub and spoke, which means a part of that system in the, in the broader sense would be down in coal country, and they, they could call it part of our inland port, but it wouldn't be here, and it would, it would help accomplish getting coal out of eastern Utah uh, out to the west coast. So that part is okay. The other part about not suing, you guys stop stealing salt lake city's land and take it over (laughs) like it's yours they sit there like looking down at Bathsheba, and they want her so bad and they just know they can take her and that continues don't pass those bills except uh and spoke seems okay.
0: <laughs> okay. I'm just <laughs> so trying to imagine you wanting Basheba. All uh, right, let's go to this. So, does this make sense to not be transporting coal up here and then sure. back and then back? Does
1: it? So, does this make sense at all? Uh, yeah, this is this is the issue though. Uh, when when we were talking about, let's let's just say what an inland port is at first. Okay. You've got a lot of you've got a lot of container ships Correct. that are floating out in the ocean, waiting in to get into our coastal ports of, of Long Beach and Oakland and Portland and Seattle. Uh, there's a congestion because the global supply chain is, is becoming more robust. Mm-hmm. The, the shipping of, of goods, the world's getting smaller. And so this is happening. This trade is happening more often. In the east, we have Kansas City. We have Louisville. We have what they call inland ports. So yeah. if you imagine a coastal port being a hub and a spoke being the inland port, our coastal ports on the west, uh, western seaboard, they do not oppose Utah having an inland port because there isn't a U.S. customs bonded port. To go through customs to receive or to export yeah. west of the Mississippi like there is in the East. So that they welcome the opportunity. When we began when we argued this bill last year, when we passed this bill last year, in asking the leaders of Salt Lake City and even my, my friend Senator Debacus, are you trying to ban, mm-hmm. pick winners and losers of what we could export out of the state of Utah? The answer was, so long as it's responsible, we wouldn't want to ban natural resources. Once that bill passed, uh, there was a change of heart in terms of not wanting to see any natural resources yeah. uh, arrive here. But because that board began to convene and because those public hearings occurred, the feedback about the airshed pollution, how many trucks, you know, the more rail you use, the less trucks you're going to see on the road. Yeah. It, it, it bore out this idea. If the hub of a coastal port and a spoke of an inland port is a good principle, then why not have a hub of an inland port here in Utah, and then spokes or satellite uh, bonded U.S. Customs yeah. ports in the U.N.A. Basin, where the natural resources could be, uh, it makes all the sense in the world. And it actually starts, to you start to see the concerns of the public addressed by smart logistics and smart, smart solutions. So I, I, I can't compliment more. The, the House sponsor, Representative Gibson, the Inland Port Board, uh, they saw this last meeting they had this last week. Yeah. There was applause. There were public servants from around the state saying, let us be involved in this. We want to be involved. It's a very different tone than we've had in those meetings up until just this week. So that bill is doing a lot of good things. The The issue of litigation, again, some people use litigation as a way to stop, to stymie an it's effort. It's the
0: American way. We can sue I know. whoever and, we want, whenever we want. And sometimes,
1: and in the case of political subdivisions, sometimes taxpayers are paying both sides of that, of that bill. And so I think that this is uh, taken from legislation for MIDA in terms of being able to do yep. that. But we'll see what happens. I, I, you know what, the one thing that I'm happy about is we're seeing people from Salt Lake City that are up there dialoguing with the bill sponsor. You're seeing good conversations happen. I don't know, that, that provision may stay in the bill, it may not, but I, I am encouraged by the fact that people are talking to each other, which was not happening this time last year.
0: Talking is always positive, and I want to be an importer/exporter because it sounds so awesome. I'm going to figure out yeah. what I'm going to do. Okay, so that's a little complicated. Also complicated. You don't want me to be an importer No, I, I can't.
2: I'm just thinking. <laughs> what would Heidi?
0: <laughs> I don't know. I <laughs> got to think about that. We've got to talk about the tax bill. We only beer. have beer. Yeah. Beer. lucky. Yeah. You get that? You know oh, we, we, We're that? the first oh, people with four point 8. eight. Yeah. yeah hold by three point two. Right. Okay. Here we go. Um, this tax bill is monstrous. Have either of you read the full tax bill?
1: Nope. I haven't. Hey, that's why I retired. I don't have you to. It's don't not a job that. anymore. I don't have to read 477 pages. I know. Pages. It's only
0: 257 pages, but it's a lot of legal ease. It essentially will lower the income tax from 4.95 to 4.75. Oh yeah, that's no, like, that's, no, the no that's, the that's the income, that's the income, and then the sales tax from 4.7 to 3.1. People are like, "Wait, I pay more than that." That's because your local jurisdictions can tack on, correct? correct. So like an extra couple yep, percent. that's right. So anyhow, there's a lot of different things that would get taxed in this. We're talking about technology, legal fees, finance, cosmetic surgery. We could get a heck of a lot of taxes out of that here in Utah. Private lessons. I don't know how you get piano teachers to cough up their money. It's complicated greg can you accomplish this in two weeks is it smart it's a lot of math it's changing the entire state's way of getting money
1: so the 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 inherent challenge with utah state legislature is that we have 45 calendar days of constitutional authority so everything the legislature ever tackles yeah. is done on a an abbreviated pace because it's one of the shortest general sessions in america so when people talk about process and time the existence of and those are 45 calendar days you yeah. have like 33 working days it's just inherently going to be faster than what you would see in states that have three months of a general session or what some states that have full-time lawmakers yeah. would do. So that's not necessarily a criticism. The, the issue here is this. If you go back 10 years, 20 years, our tax structure is meant to pay for the things that as a society we need, the roads, yeah. the schools, the health and human services, whatever that may be. 20 years ago, we had a tax system that really reflected what people spent their household income dollars on. Uh, you had a you had a sale or an income tax and a property tax well fast forward to 2019 much of what we spend our household income on is exempt from a sales tax that means that le- there is a narrowing of that tax yeah. base that is what this legislature and it is a, it admittedly a heavy lift because you're going to create a new tax for many services that have never been taxed before yeah you're lowering it but you're trying to capture it uh, that sales tax to again reflect what it is that households and people with discretionary funds, what they spend their money on. I it's I, I admire the legislature for taking on such a meaty issue. It is hard. Uh, the, even the thought of bringing a new tax online, even if you're lowering the sales mm-hmm. tax is, is so difficult to do. Uh, but if you look at our economy today versus what it used to be, something needs to be done. You can kick the can down the road and yeah. ignore it, but there'll be consequences if we're not getting a, the appropriate tax dollars to fund the things that government does.
0: And it's something you don't think about. I actually learned today, I've spent a lot of money on dry cleaning, unfortunately, but I didn't realize that I wasn't getting taxed on my dry cleaning, things like that. So this is a heavy lift. And Jim, uh, Val Ovison, the former lieutenant governor, said that he's against this bill because there's too many unknowns. Do you think there's too many unknowns? Or is this doable? Do we need to get no, ready and think about the we got to go back up to
2: 50,000 feet. Taxes okay. in the state come in three chunks. Income tax. Yes. Sales tax and the other tax. What's
1: you got, our other you got, tax? You got, you got property tax.
2: Property, and tax. property so tax, third one. tax, Okay, so it's okay. a three-legged stool. One of, the, one of the stools is sagging a little bit, sales tax. Yes. Just by the nature of we're doing things. So that's what they're trying to address. Look, we had $1,100,000,000 in extra revenue this year. The issue is not monkeying around with this chair It is stop thinking about huge tax cuts and start thinking about the state's liability to its children. We're still 50th, and that's not being touched. You look at a chart over the last 30 years, it's dead even as far as real dollars go in education. So the legislature ought to stop saying, we're so fiscally wonderful. The only reason we're fiscally wonderful is because we're cheating our children. If we were 25th instead of 50th in per-child spending, we would be an economic wreck. Jim is so make, that's what we're balancing. Jim, Jim is and making that's the argument what, for
1: this reform, and I'll tell you why. Income tax is dedicated to education.
0: Yes, and we're going to more, lose 200 million from yeah,
1: that, right? No, they're no? actually going to try and hold they're going to try and hold this whole thing harmless. But what but what is happening is when you have all that surplus that Jim just described coming in your income tax, which might that's where most yeah. of that surplus is coming from, there has been a way to fund higher ed with less general fund money and use that general fund money for other expenses and then use income tax dollars that would have gone to your public schools and use that for higher ed. This would protect the income tax to be used for education if you can find revenue uh, that would be more, which would be our general fund, which is a sales tax. So Jim has described the frustrations he's expressing, this reform would address. I will say after, but all that said, it is an incredibly difficult politically uh, heavy lift and it's hard. And the reason why you're seeing them try to... Cut taxes is they're not trying to increase the burden on taxpayers per se. They're trying to see that that distribution uh, addresses the areas that government is tasked with, and that's why you're seeing the tax cut because they're trying to do it in a way that's revenue neutral. That's wonkish,
2: I know, Just but it's it's the center. truth. I'll, I'll, all right, one uh, last time. word, okay, one last really word. quick, because we all got right. one more. It's all topic. J- don't listen to the legislature. It's all gobbledygook. <laughs> <laughs> we that we don't have to raise taxes on one soul who's making under fifty thousand. To make up for all of these excesses by doing two things one going back to all the huge corporate giveaways like the 70 million a year we gave them in special session in the summer and second if we went back to the 2006 income tax which went up to 7% and we just left that 7% on for people making $500,000 or more it would bring in three hundred and twenty two million dollars and I have yet to meet one person and you contact me if you're that person
0: okay good if you're
2: making more than five hundred grand a year and you would object to your taxes going up by two percent with all the money going to schools you let me know because I've yet to meet that person
0: okay I'm told we're done with this we have a special guest for this fifth episode of take two because there's been a lot of talk on Capitol Hill we have investigative reporter Chris Jones joining us let me explain here there is a story about charter schools and how the legislature is involved in some of the votes and how they happen chris did that this week i'm going to let him explain to you a couple sentences real quick what the story was about and while the fuss on Capitol Hill, and Hughes
2: hated it. So why? Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, oh, yeah. oh, 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 we got a debate it. coming. We so will <laughs> right, it be good though. Tell right. us about your well, story.
3: Well, well, we've been working on this project for some time. It's called Beyond the Books. So okay. We've been looking into education, predominantly spending on education, and that kind of led us down this path to ask the question: lawmakers and the connection to charter schools. And so we asked that question. Do uh, lawmakers who have a financial interest in law in charter schools, is there some sort of influence that they have on the Hill? And conversely, we ask the same question about uh, lawmakers who sit on boards, like uh, the Speaker does, are yep. used to uh, some yep. academy.
0: Once you're former, I think you can always be a Speaker. Right. <laughs> okay. Good. So
3: um, you know, and that that there was a lot of there was a lot of debate about this. We heard a lot of comment from a lot of residents who said, you know, go, good for you. And then, of course, we heard from lawmakers who said, you know, we felt like there was some things in that story that we didn't care for. And so, you know, that's kind of why I'm here, to kind of deal with yeah. those issues. Yeah, so
0: we brought Chris in here, not because we want to pick apart his reporting, because Every day here in the newsroom, we talk about what we do. Sometimes we regret the decisions we make. Sometimes we can see that we could have made them differently. So we're here to talk about this. Greg, you had some issues. What was your number one concern?
1: Yeah, and I, that's what I appreciate about this podcast and this programming because we, you have with two former lawmakers and in, within a newsroom, the less likelihood that people are insular and seeing the world just from specific uh, you know points of view. The two issues about the story that I thought uh, needed further discussion was Uh, the role of of volunteer boards, and those lawmakers that serve on those boards. And I felt that there was a broad net that was cast across lawmakers. Uh, There are lawmakers that work within the charter school world, but you also have lawmakers that work within the public school world, and you have them in law enforcement. You kind of want a citizen legislature to represent those different aspects that state government's going to make decisions on. But if you're a volunteer board member, if you look at the conflict of interest sheets, and we make sure that this is a transparent process, Volunteerism within a, on a board is wholly different than your profession or where household income would 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 be derived from. In the report, it seemed to me that membership or participation on a volunteer board was seen in the same prism as those who would work in that same field. And I don't think that that's a standard that's used for those lawmakers that may serve on the ACLU's board, Envision Utah's board, hospital boards. And so I think there needs to be. I think that's a that was a. I think that for a public that doesn't understand or would not know, because we're you know, that's why you that's why you elect people to get up there and get in the deep grass. If there isn't an intimate understanding of the role, the different roles that lawmakers play, uh, that casting those that serve on volunteer boards the same as uh, those that uh, would work in that field, I think is inaccurate. The second issue was uh, the the DUI uh, footage of one one particular former uh, senator, and I felt that it had. Uh, no relation to the story at all. I thought it was a distraction to that story. And I thought that uh, if we wanna get into the debate, which I know Jim is chomping at the bit to do, uh, bringing up somebody's uh, experience uh, with a DUI uh, was was not relevant, but would be sensational and would probably draw eyes to a story like that. So, those right. are the do two you, things. If you want to talk
0: about the thought process yeah, there. It, it, and, uh, uh, and before we go on, our producers are telling me in my ear we need to wrap up. Uh, we want to <gasps> give this a few minutes, <laughs> so we're not going <laughs> to do that. We need to let you um, have your say oh, here. Okay. So, so, go so ahead. So,
3: I'm glad you brought that up yeah. because that is something that uh, we've been uh, sort of soul searching in the newsroom. Um, I think a lot of the thinking that went into it was at the time, uh, th- this lawmaker was pushing for some pretty harsh. Uh, DUI laws and then was later caught for DUI, and I think somewhere in the back of my mind that registered, that hypocrisy, but that being said, um, the simple fact that we put that in the story, it didn't advance the story, and I think on some level it may have distracted from it as well. So, you know, I think when, as, as people who, who uh, you know try to, to report and do journalism, you know, we, we do, we look at what we've done. And I think in that case, maybe that wasn't the best choice. So I think if we could do it all over again, we might back up and say, hey, wait a minute, is that the best idea? Yeah. So I'm glad that you brought that uh,
1: up. Empathy is the greatest uh, you know, medicine for the work you do, public policy reporting. Do you serve on a, any boards, volunteer boards?
3: Do no you? I don't you don't. I don't to kind of uh, make uh, sure that we're we're away from that.
1: sure and I think if you had you would see that that is not an effort of self-dealing or self-service if you do have you been charged for a DUI no no and I I haven't either but I've seen people that have and I know that their life uh, is is more than just you know that incident that's you know that unfortunate incident and and so we want we want to treat people fairly we don't want to have selective uh, you know logic or outrage and so I appreciate uh, at least discussing those parts, but we ran out of time, Jim. And I know that there was actually to that story right. some robust
3: some debate that should be ha- that should about, happen about uh, transparency with charter yeah. schools, and I think it's a, it's a great debate to really right, about. right.
0: Yes, and unfortunately we have something else happening in the studio, wait, so wait, we wait, do have wait, to come. But we want go, to talk Nadia, about Nadia, charter Nadia, charter could schools. you
3: come? Could you come here, real quick? Now this is more of a This is kind of an inside joke. Okay, uh, great. We oh, <laughs> <So, laughs> so don't want to talk about this. We can talk about this off off camera are we going but to <laughs> eat cake here okay let them we move. might yeah. but this this we do is, have a robust a debate <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes uh thank you for joining us right now we do have a robust debate we want to have on charter schools yes. and what happens up the legislature unfortunately we're out of time right next now. next week so we're going to have it next week and it's an important one to have so thank you so much well, for joining for us today cake, chris. I thank it. you chris for coming in here Absolutely. and agreeing to talk to us so thanks for joining us this week we will try to get more of those charter schools and what you need to know about where your money's going statewide coming up next week in Episode 6. Have a good one. Are you guys going to share the same fork? That. <laughs>
1: That's your cake. That, that. Okay. one's for me. So. Thanks for joining us. That's funny.